Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Another Color Abroad, and I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And on this episode, you'll be listening to Alexandra, who is the founder of Travel Latina, which is an Instagram page and website dedicated to Latinx and Latina travel abroad. And on this episode, Alexandra is going to discuss her inspiration for creating the page, the future of the website and page. We also discussed the term Latinx, which I thought was very intriguing and interesting. And she gives you tips on what you could do to make your travel dreams a reality. Hope you enjoy. This is In Lemon Color, Abroad. Alexandra, welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How are you doing? Hi, Angel. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, despite everything that's been going on lately. I hear that. Same here. Same boat. Same boat. Um, So how about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is Alexandra. You can call me Ale. I'm the founder of uh, Travel Latina, a kind of crowdsourced blog for Latinxes, mostly women and gender non-conforming people, Um, but uh, that is what I do as a passion on the side. My main career is international development. I'm a project coordinator, I guess you could say, like a project manager for several USAID projects with a company in Washington, D.C. And uh, yeah, so it's mostly that as my main career. My passion is travel Latina on the side, as well as I'm a uh, dance performer, mostly Latin dance, like samba, Brazilian samba and Colombian. I am Colombian American. My mother is from Bogota. And so I'm very proud of my roots. And so I love to um, connect with my roots through Colombian folkloric dance. Nice. So we're both in the arts. I, I teach music. Um, I, I'm not, I can't dance samba or uh, cumbia or anything. <laughs> I, I'm Dominican, Dominican-American, so I dance a little bit of Dominican bachata, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. Yes. I love bachata. I love merengue. I grew up with I grew up with merengue. Colombians listen to a lot of Juan Luis Guerra. Oh, that's my favorite artist. Don't say that's my favorite artist. Juan Luis Guerra is my favorite. Uh-huh. Juan Luis Guerra. Um, so let's go right to that passion. So, what made you like take me to the story behind Travel Latina? How did that get started? So, Travel Latina was it started in 2015. I was at the time unemployed, living in. At that time, I was living in California, San Diego, California. I was really, I mean, I was in a low place. I was, I just had been laid off of my job. I was searching nonstop for a new one, of course. I had moved out. I actually grew up in the Midwest, mostly Michigan. And so I moved out to California to complete my 
uh, graduate studies in international development, I knew that I wanted to go into that. And the only way to the, the, the industry, in order to get to the industry in the industry of international development, you have to, it's, it's, it's very competitive. So you have to live abroad for two years. Mm. You have to, especially at the, like what they count as a so-called quote unquote developing country. And so that and your graduate degree, I moved out and unfortunately San Diego has a very particular industry out there. It's very much military and biotech. Not a lot of international anything, which was a bummer because I loved living there. I was there for two more years after my gra- my two-year graduate studies, but it was really difficult. It was not easy, and I, I knew that my passion was just international anything, like mostly international anything, but of course, international. what I love about international development is that it's a lot of work combating poverty around the world and so I'm very passionate about that and just improving situations in health or economic situations around the world so anyway long story short uh I was I didn't have a job I was really frustrated I'm like thinking oh my gosh I have so many student loans uh I I can't believe I did all this I just San Diego maybe not the place to stay but travel Athena kind of gave me an outlet while I was unemployed like I was like I had a friend who ran she was she was working with Whole Foods in San Diego and ran an amazing Whole Foods Instagram account social media and she just kind of told me she's like you know you're really creative like you're really good at at like you have vision and 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 you and I know that you know what nice photo photography and you know, looks like, and uh, I just feel like you would do great running an Instagram account. And I'm and in my mind, I was kind of like, well, I don't know, I I guess, but <laughs> I don't know if that's like the only thing I want. I don't, how is that going to help me get a job or whatever? Mm-hmm. So I did start the account thinking okay what do I what am I most passionate about travel international spheres and dance all right let's go with travel and so I, I realized there at the time there was travel noir was huge it was booming and I was thinking where's there's no Latin X version of travel mm-hmm. noir I saw it as an opportunity and thought maybe it could bring uh, some kind of job opportunities or something so I did start it and then that was March 2015, and by about April, just a month later, I was like, you know what? I want this to be a collaborative. I don't want this to just be me. Honestly, like, I have lived in a lot of countries. I've lived in five countries total, but I, compared to maybe the regular, like, white American millennial or even, oh, my gosh, Europeans, we're, we're nowhere near what the average European millennial travels Mm -hmm. but uh compared to most white american millennial i really haven't visited as many countries as everyone else so i was like i really didn't feel like i could just talk on my own experience plus i just felt like it would be best to incorporate other people's uh perspectives because the latinx identity is so diverse i mean i'm 
I'm a Triganita myself, like I'm I'm mixed in um, indigenous and European. But I felt like with the Latinx identity, I, we had to have Afro-Latinas talk about their experience traveling. I ha- we had to have uh, white Latinas even, like uh, Latinas from different countries, different e- socioeconomic, uh, as well as um, sexual orientations and gender identities. So yeah, yeah I just felt like uh, on top of having different people talk about different travels to areas where I hadn't gone I just felt it was very important to have different voices out there because there really isn't a lot out there in the international or travel spheres about the Latin from the Latinx perspective and I was going to ask you so at what point did you realize that you had something good in your hands right because obviously you know whenever whenever you have a passion that's fine right it's like oh you know I have a passion in this and you do it but usually that stuff, you know, it could stay, you know, on the surface level, but yours is pretty successful. Like you have like, well, like 17 to 18,000 followers on, on Instagram and that's not easy to attain. Right. So at what point do you like, you know what, this is, uh, I'm able, people are relating to this. Like, when did you realize that? Pretty early on, actually, uh, I started building that community like I said, in March of 2015, it grew to 10,000, like within a year like I think oh wow this is great within five months I had 10,000 I think it might have been even less but you could tell people were very interested I kept getting people reaching out to me got it and and speaking of um those benefits uh what has been one experience that you've had personally as being like you know a latinx latina traveling the world that you would say has been positive that surprised you, like a positive experience that surprised you in your travels being a, a, a Latinx? Oh, that's a great question. So I studied abroad in, there's quite a few. So I studied abroad in France, my junior year of college, a whole, a whole academic year. And French people are ruthless. They are not nice. They're not very... Well, not every, I'm, I'm generalizing, of course. I, but I I've even heard that from French people that I've met uh, uh, different yeah, places no, that say that. Yeah, no, and I have a couple of French <laughs> friends that are not like that at all, so yeah. I feel that's generalizing <laughs> everybody. But the grand majority of people that I would encounter would heavily, Chris, crit, and, and Chris, again, kind of aggressively criticize my French. Hmm. Uh, so as long as I kept my mouth shut, I actually, it was really easy for me to navigate Mediterranean countries because I blended in like a lot of times I I am sometimes uh, people might think I'm Italian or some kind of Mediterranean we went to Morocco one day with some friends with some uh, school friends and Moroccans kept asking me if I was Moroccan Mm -hmm. I've been to Turkey, people in Turkey would, are you Turkish, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's what's kind of nice, I feel like, even in the U.S., like, uh, as long as I'm not in areas that are most, and I grew up in the suburbs of Detroit, so that was not easy, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. even in the U.S., there's places I feel like I can travel, and I feel really comfortable, and I blend in fine, and I don't get... I don't get targeted. I don't get a lot of times when you're lighter skinned, uh, which I am. I'm, I'm definitely a, tri, a light skinned trigañita, but like 
uh, a lot of times compared to like my dad who's white or my husband who's white, I do not get targeted by mm-hmm. vendors the way they do. I do not get ha- ha- you know uh, heckled <laughs> in those ways. Yeah. That negative attention that you get because you might your white skin is automatically associated with money, mm-hmm. which makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you know what's uh-huh. interesting about that because obviously I, I've uh, I would say we're pretty we're pretty similar complexion. Um, I'm a little bit more tan now that I'm down here in Costa Rica, but uh, um, it's interesting. Like I here in Costa Rica and like in, in my travels as well. Like I just felt like I blended in with any anywhere that I was, you know. And it was, but the mm-hmm. funny thing about you know being like you said how diverse the Latinx community is, you know, Latino community is, is the fact that the the accents are also very diverse. So the moment that I speak Spanish here they know that I'm not from here. So oh, yeah. it's a very yeah. interesting thing. So what I do is I try to pick up on little phrases that, you know, that are said here in order to try to see like their reaction to see if they catch on. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. They're like, wait a minute. you That accent sounds strange. <laughs> Where are you from? And even go to DR because like, I'm Dominican American. Like they would hear my Spanish and they would be confused because I was born in the States, you know, but I grew up obviously in a Dominican household speaking to my parents in Spanish, but speaking to my brothers in English because, you know, I went to school speaking English. So it would be a very gringo-like Dominican accent. And they're like, I'm confused right now. Like, I hear some things. but <laughs> So it's interesting how the way you look can make you blend in, but the moment you open your mouth, like you said, they were like, all right, you're outed. <laughs> I know exactly where you're from. It's not from here. So it's really interesting how... Us being, you know, the mixed culture that we are, being, you know, a Latinx and Latino and Latina, is just a very interesting thing. So let's go to now, a ne- you hinted on a little bit of negative experience. So what's one negative experience that you had being a Latinx abroad and how that impacted you? Something that, like, you carry with you in some kind of capacity. Sure. Well, I, I wanted to make sure to note, you know, I know that my experience like I said, like, we, we know very well and we've highlighted already the Latinx experience is very broad like mine is only a very small maybe sort of majority of the latinx community and i acknowledge that it's totally different from a afro latina or Mm -hmm. a white latina Mm -hmm. anyway having said that uh negative experiences that i've had i think had more to do with being one a woman in latin america I, I noticed that, for example, during my Peace Corps service, my white colleagues wouldn't get as much negative aff- attention compared to me. In fact, our whole cohort, we started with 20 people, and all of the people that dropped out early were women of color, including me. Mm. I didn't drop out. I was actually, I had to, because of health reasons, I ended my service two months before it was done. So 27, instead of the 27 months, I did the 25 months. So it was two, still two years, but like, um, I just, the way that I was treated, the attention that I got from men, uh, I don't know if I was ex- if it was like because they felt more comfortable to treat women of color like that and not as comfortable to treat white women like that. N- literally no white women dropped out. And all, I'm, I'm going to count one, two, three, four, five, five women of color. So that literally, that, and yeah, that 
was all the people that dropped out. Wow. Of 20 people. 20 people. So that's just right there that shows you statistically, I mean, you, it just, you just have to pay attention to that. That's not normal for something like that. Uh, two, I have to admit, two of those five girls did not, at least didn't to me, tell me that they experienced sexual assault. Um, but those same two girls don't, aren't super open about things. So it could very well, they just didn't tell us, but they told, they both told us that they went home because they missed home. So Mm -hmm. it could have very well been that, oh my gosh, I was being harassed on the street daily in my Pueblo. I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And you know, nobody really likes to admit that because you don't want to talk badly about, I was, I, I did my service in Colombia, so, like, for me, it was, I never wanted to tell people anything negative about Colombia because I already grew up with that negative stereotype mm-hmm. all my life, so, mm-hmm. anyway, other negative things that might have happened, um, I don't know, I think just kind of like in the U.S., like, in the Europe, I feel like I was definitely exotic, exoticized and othered by European men oh you're Latina and like the whole like like kind of like hey you better have not told me you were a dancer that would have been that would have been trouble (laughs) no no I I did and and, you know it's just like it's just it's not always easy to be sexualized like that Latinas get sexualized a lot a lot a lot we because of our physical appearance and our bodies and how the media portrays us and mu- music doesn't help either because some of the biggest international stars are Latinas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes sense. I, so. I, I feel on that. And so let's go now to another topic. Um, one that I find very interesting and some might consider a little bit controversial, but so like I have a lot of friends that are, you know, they're not Latino or Latinx, right? And it's about, it's about the term. Cause they're like, yeah, you know, I was talking to this Hispanic like, wait, Hispanic, Latino, which one do you call? And it is always a conversation. It's always a point of conversation where I feel that as, so I just just put it out there for all this people listening. I don't ascribe to the term Latinx. If someone says they're Latinx, I'll call them Latinx. But I personally myself don't call myself Latinx. Like I'll say I'm Latino. Mm-hmm. I'm Hispanic. That's fair. That I'm Hispanic, right? So when someone says, oh, you know, what do you, like, what do you go? I'm like, well, if you just, like, I'm not offended by the term Hispanic, but I would prefer Latino. You know what I'm saying? And these are people that are obviously not, they're not Latinx or Latino or whatever the case may be. So what would you say to people that are like confused about like the terminology? Because there is a lot of, and then after you have Afro-Latino, right? And all these other things. And there just seems to be like a lot of confusion for people that are not of that diaspora, right? So what would you say in your, in your opinion, like you ascribe to the Latinx uh, terminology or, or no? I, I understand both sides of the kind of opinions, I guess, or all sides of the opinion. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I would consider, I would say I'm Latina, but I have a lot of LGBTQ friends who, you know, they appreciate the Latinx term because it, it they feel included. Mm-hmm. Um, However, I also see it as a kind of a hegemonic or like colonial mindset to think that 
because it really came out of the U.S., especially from, like, intellectual circles, which you could very much argue is an elitist, really. If you think about it, it came from intellectual spheres. It didn't come from the people, really. It didn't come from, you know, or maybe it did. I don't know, but it, it sound, to me... It, the term I Latino, you're saying? Latinx, Latinx. Oh, Latinx. Okay, got it. Okay. Latinx. I definitely see that as, like, a problem. Um, but, yeah, I, it doesn't bother me if people want to call themselves Latinos or whatever. I mean, yeah, sometimes I, it is. I, I do think I think it's annoying that, oh, there's, like, a, a group of ten women and, and one Latino male, and they're going to call all of us Latinos mm-hmm. and not, like, Latin, <laughs> Latinas and Pepe or something, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, why can't you? call it yeah. latinas yeah that makes that annoys me it doesn't like offend me i don't uh-huh. think that i'm not gonna like cut something <laughs> over, but, <laughs> but um i don't know i it's i it, identity is so interesting because i think at the end of the day it's important for whoever for that for, for each individual to have their agency and if you want to call yourself latino that's important and if i want to call myself latina and latinx mm-hmm. that's important so 100% agree. I yeah. think if everyone, if as long as everyone has the freedom to say who they are and who they feel like without hurting other people and, and without it having a negative consequence on other people, then I think that's whatever. Yeah. And I, I think that's honestly a good, like general rule of thumb for anyone listening, especially when it comes to like the, you know, Latin diaspora or whatever term you want to, you know, associate with us. But because... Again, it's like if if someone calls themselves or you said like I am blank, then all right, that's what I, that's what I should call you as to respect you because that's what you identify as, right? But to right. be like to be like nah, no, you're not. <laughs> like, right, exactly. like that's exactly. not that's not cool. You know, you can't be doing shit like Definitely that. Definitely <laughs> not. Now that our generation has become super sensitive to, I, I would say especially to like LGBTQ um, community and like their experience. You definitely wouldn't tell somebody like, "Oh, you can't." I hate that term, Latinx. Like, it would be, it, it would completely negate their experience. So yeah, like I, uh, I tell people this all the time. Like my Latin friends, I'm like, listen, like I'm like, if you want to call yourself Latinx, that's cool, and I'll call you. But like, I'm not, okay. I'm not gonna. I mean, first of all, I would not be offended if someone called me Latinx. Like that wouldn't offend me. I'd be like, yeah, you know, I call myself Latino. <laughs> like that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not something to be like. Don't you dare, right? Like, the only, the only one that I don't like, though, or I, it's funny because I don't know if it's the same thing for you growing up, but I used, to, I used to use the term Spanish all the time. And in New York especially, New York City being, you know, like this epicenter in the 70s of, like, you know, mm-hmm. of immigrants, you know, from DR, Puerto Rico, Cuba, all going, you know, and other, re- other nations as well. And, like, the term Hispanic came, right, to put in a sentence, right? Like, that was literally a term that was created by Americans to be like, wait, how do we categorize all these people? They come from different nations, but we can't just be, like, put something Dominican or, you know, so, all right, Hispanic. You know what I'm saying? So right. I tell people, like, that history, I'm like, I don't, I'm not offended by the term Hispanic, but people that are, like, you know, from, like you said, the people, they would call themselves Latinos. Like, if you hear anyone's, like, I'm Latino, like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't really say, I'm Hispanic. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not... That's definitely not the... Yeah, people don't really say that anymore. They might yeah. say, I speak Spanish. Or exactly. Maybe exactly I love right. the Hispanic culture, but not really like... I, I don't really hear as many people say, I'm Hispanic anymore. Yeah. And I it, think that's kind of fizzled out. <laughs> it definitely has. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know about for you, but for New York especially, 
Like, yeah, like you would say, like, I remember growing up, I would say I'm Spanish because I didn't know any better. And everything was associated between, like, the language and not, like, your ethnicity and not, like, you know, other other uh, components. So, like, yeah, I'm, I went to get Spanish food. Like, that, that's, a, that, that's, like, it became, like, a colloquial term to use. Like, oh, you Spanish? Like, yeah, I'm Spanish, which makes no sense. Now, obviously, I'm not from Spain. So, <laughs> it's like, but it's like, yeah, I'm Spanish. Yeah, I want to get Spanish food. Like, it became such a colloquial term, and it still is to this day in New York City. Like, you will still hear people that are Latino call themselves Spanish. Like, they were like, yeah, this Spanish dude over here. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's just a term that's used, and it's not even, and like, I, I personally, certain things, I feel like certain battles that are worth fighting for, some that are not. Because it's like, yo, I'm talking to like this dude, I'm like, bro, why are you calling yourself Spanish for? Like, I've been talking to my own brother sometimes, I'm like, bro, you, you're like, do you know you're not Spanish? He's like, yeah, but that's what I call myself growing up. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> So it's like the certain things that are just like, you know, they're very interesting. And I think it leads again. And I can speak to the friends that I've spoken to that are black, white, that get very like, oh, my God, this is too much. I'm like, bro, like, just chill. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. As long as I'm telling you what I identify as, you know, and like what some people, other people identify as, then you'll be more attuned, you know, in tune with what, what it is. You know, like what's the what's the terminology versus saying Spanish? Because that's actually not the terminology and I would, say, I would say that most people, like my parents don't say they're Spanish, like, <laughs> and they're straight from DR, you know what I'm saying? So Dominicanos or Latino, like that's what they identify as because, you know, they, they, they immigrate to, to the U.S. So I just think that people, like what you said earlier, just got to have a little bit more of an open mind to be like, all right, how do people identify as? Cool. And just always ask first. There's nothing wrong with asking, right? Like, wait, so do you identify with this or that? And then boom, you're set. But anyways, back to your page, right? Travel Latina. So wh what is your, like, what do you see your page going and your blog and your website in a year from now? Wh where do you see it headed? Uh, it's a good question. Right now I feel like I'm, it's like I have the motivation to, and even a little bit of savings to, I'm, I'm talking to a developer, a web developer. Uh, she's a woman of color and she seems awesome. Uh, we're thinking of, uh, adding some ad space in the blog and making it just just making it more useful in terms of trying to see how we can capitalize off of uh, the views that we get. We do get quite a lot of traffic, and we could get more if I just knew how, <laughs> and then she could help us with that. So. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, I'm a little apprehensive because I, like I said, I want it to become, to remain really genuine, but I also want people to get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to have quality content and that I want that to continue. I want to help, help us get more opportunities. And so, yeah, I just don't know if ad space will be, it just, I just don't know how it's going to look. I don't know if the investment will be worth it. I just don't know enough. I don't have, I don't have the knowledge that I need, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, lo definitely looking into that and then ultimately even adding a, a store. So not just like an online shop to the website, not so much for products, although we do, we're, we're, we have had a lot of interest in our, in products, people asking us, Oh, you know, I want your, I want a sticker with your logo on it, mm -hmm. or I want, we tried, we tried introducing this mochila idea, why you mochila uh, like from Colombia. <laughs> Which is like the traveling mochila sisterhood of the uh, hermandad sisterhood of the traveling mochila. People love that idea, but having again, it's like the whole having the 
capital and the money to invest in inventory. That's a whole other thing. But ultimately, the shop would probably be more used for, like, trips. Not so much physical products, but, like, a, a service or product of a tra- actual trip, which people seem very interested in as well. Uh, I think especially women love this idea of coming together with other women that they identify with. And um, the f- trip that we had in, Colum- in Colombia was Salento. This coffee triangle area. Um, I mean, when these women, a lot of them are still friends. It's been three years, and people hang. They stay like still go on trips together. They met there. They still like two girls like live together now in New York. The organizer of the trip, and then this girl that went on the trip. They live together now. Like that's crazy. I, I just—it's just, it's just <laughs> yeah, amazing what can come out of it. But Ed, yeah, if you should be on the lookout for that, travel Latina, be on the lookout for new things that are that are happening. So on a closing note, Ale, what is what is something you would tell to any any per, per any Latinx Latino Latina, however you describe right uh, person listening to this right now? That's like you know what I thought about doing what you're doing. You know I thought about traveling abroad, like out talking about like outside of like Latin America, right? Not just Latin America, but like. What would you say to them? I was like, you know, yeah, you should do this because X, Y, and Z. What would be your advice if you could, if you could reach to one person right now? So primarily, I would say that if you want to be able to travel more, which for a U.S. Latino or Latinx, it's hard. It's hard because of several things. In the U.S., we are not given a lot of vacation time. Um, on average, most people get two weeks of paid vacation, if that. So two weeks of paid vacation, that means that you have to try to fit all that traveling in one year within two weeks. It's not It's not as easy as, for example, Europeans who have, like, two, on average, two months of unpaid vacation. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of planning and strategic budgeting is necessary. Like, it's just amazing to me when I see, I, I, I have to admit, I'm not a heavy, I don't, I actually don't like to drink alcohol, but it drives me crazy when I have friends who complain about not having money, spending hundreds of dollars a week on <laughs> alcohol. Yeah. So alcohol is expensive. Yeah. So is eating out. So is shopping. Obviously, like I like mm. to shop too, but I'm more of a thrifter. That's also another piece of advice. I'm a huge thrifter. I like to buy secondhand. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. A lot of Latinos are, you know, people are, Latinxes are, come from families that on average are very clean and they are get kind of against the secondhand thing. Mm-hmm throw that superstition out because honestly the way we're going with sustainability issues and the climate change like it's just going to be way more accepted and a trend even to buy secondhand it's so much cheaper just wash whatever you're buying three four times if you need to it's not that big of a deal guys like people think about all the hands that are touching your brand new clothing mm-hmm. it's not different it's yeah, not bro. different all right and one my real final final point in one sentence tell our listeners why should they check out travel latina in one sentence go travel latina is a outlet for latinxes to be able to share their very unique 
travel experiences while also connecting with their roots, thinking about more conscious and sustainable travel, and thinking about how to improve the world around you through cultural exchange or travel. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Aleph. It was just very cool to ha- get someone on the podcast who has a page dedicated to Latino, Latinx, Latina <laughs> um, travel, right? As you heard our conversation regarding the term Latinx, I thought it was very interesting and intriguing. Hopefully it provided some clarity for you all. And I would just say, always side with whatever someone wants to be described as or what label they want to uh, ascribe to go with that (laughs) don't just think that whatever you think in your head is right that that's correct some people prefer hispanic latino latinx whatever just go with that i personally go with latino and that's just me and that's fine right so i thought it was very cool and i was happy to have her on so yeah on next week's episode on going this theme of promoting travel with people of color i interview nadine who is the founder of traveling black woman which is a instagram page as well and also a website which is dedicated to promoting black women traveling. She also has guides out on various countries on, you know, for black women. So I was I'm very looking forward to that episode. And hopefully you are as well. So yeah, if you like what you heard, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and any of your favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. This is In Living Color Abroad. Peace.